Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you untie me, I will. Hi, kids. Space Ghost here. You're listening to Riley and Kimmy on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Uh, Can you just loosen the hands up a little? Oh, that is heaven. It's... Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. They do not like my rhyme. It's Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. It's Riley and Kimmy time. Screw it, I'm done. The Riley and Kimmy Show. This is where my friends are. The people that I want to be with. People that love me, that I love. That is so true. Welcome to episode 872. Right next to me is... Kimmy! Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That's me. I am the villain of this story and every single other episode. Right, Kimmy? That is right. And by the way, if this is your first time to the Riley and Kimmy show, this is your place for pop culture. We are we're, we are offering a pop culture escapism every single day. That's right. We could do an episode once in a while, or you could be one of those types that do it once a month or once a week, but we are the crazy kind that do it every single day, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you can find things about comic books, conventions, cosplay, all right here at the Riley and Kimmy Show. Also, uh, movies and uh, TV shows of today and yesteryear, even old-time radio, all kinds of pop nerdum can be found right here, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And I guarantee a lot of those I just mentioned, what we're going to find on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. But I must stress, this is a special episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show for mature audiences. The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. That's right. And the reason I have to have that that big warning is because we have... Humphrey Ching on this episode in just a few moments to talk about a subject matter near and dear to him, and that is conventions, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about conven- conventions, comic cons, toy shows, comic book shows, whatever you want to call them, big ones and small ones. We're going to talk with Humphrey here in just a few moments on the Riley and Kimmy Show. I'm starting my own convention. Now, there is no need to do that, right, Kimmy? That's right. There's, There's a, lots of conventions. Especially, and especially a special, special, big, grand, mega con. Oh, you mean mega con just around the corner. Yes. As we get ready to upload this episode, it's just over a week away. It starts on a Thursday at the end of this month, right? Mm-hmm. It runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's right. Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big, fun nerd time in Orlando, Florida at the Orange County Convention Center. The place to be. That's right. The place to be. Now, we are part of MegaCon. We, we've had press credentials. We've been covering MegaCon. We've covered the last event, and we were invited back to do so. But something else has happened, right? Mm-hmm. The... Riley and Kimmy Show has been asked to do something else with Megacon, correct? That's right. And do you want to talk about this? I mean, do you want to reveal everything? We're not on camera. Can you uh, 
verbalize here for me? I think you can do it better. Oh, gee, Kimmy, but I, it's more about me than you. That's kind of puts me in an awkward spot because I'm shy. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Well, actually, I did not know about this. Kimmy had uh, worked out the details behind my back without me knowing. That's true, isn't it? You, you talked to Megacon. Mm-hmm. I was not part of the negotiation initially, and the the process. You represented the show, and you right. you pitched. I played me. agent. Yes, Kimmy played agent manager, and she did an extremely good job. I can add something else to the title, uh, especially when it comes to Megacon, right? Mm-hmm. I can add Patrick Riley, quiz master. Just the way you say it makes it sound terrible. Oh, yeah? Then you say it. Say, a quiz master. <laughs> a quiz master. Yes, a quiz master, right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. I can add quiz master to Patrick Riley uh, right there. It, with Megacon, that is. For one of the days, now three days of events I've been booked at mm-hmm. with Megacon, been asked to participate in, do some panel kind of things, a little bit different too. Uh, on Friday at Megacon, I will be the quiz master, I guess. I, I've actually titled myself that. They didn't call me that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be the host of the Marvel fill-in-the-blank game. That's happening 2 o'clock. All right. At, I believe when they say W here, it means West, right? I would guess so. I, the West Hall or West, right? Okay, I'm at W303. Yes. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. West 303, right? Yes. All right, Kimmy, Kimmy's confirming that. She's the one arranged this, so she should already know this. On Saturday, I can chuck the, uh, the Quizmaster title to the side. I move over to regular MC host. And that is going to be really interesting, Gibby. I have never attended one of these. I've heard about these, and I am so, so honored to be asked to do this, to be part of this. On Saturday, I will be emceeing, hosting the sketch duel, the sketch duel between Jay Lee and Lionel Yu. All right. Between Jay Lee and Lionel Francis Yu, extremely talented individuals. That's happening. On Saturday, and let's see, that's at uh, West 311-E-H. E mm-hmm. through H. E-H. Okay. E through H, right? That's what that would be, mm-hmm. E-H? Yes. That means that's a big room. Yeah. Wait a minute. The one on Friday just has one number. This one has mm. E through H attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm scared. I don't like talking in front of Big, a little big audiences, Kimmy. Yeah, right. I'm nervous. Okay, on Sunday, same hall or same room as W311E through H at 2.30, Sketch Duel, Mike McCone versus Clayman. Ooh. Yes, I mean, we're talking some hot talent on both days. Yes. Clayman, Mike McCone on Sunday, Jay Lee and Lionel Francis Yu on Saturday. All right. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Uh-huh. Can't wait. And also one of the things we're doing, which we're already going to do before the special invite, is we will be interviewing people who are attending, cosplayers, just regular nerds like you, also celebrities that uh, we've we've had somebody arrange for us. 
we'll be talking with as well. Um, artists, uh, just about anybody who will talk with the Riley and Kimmy show will make you part of an episode. So if you see us, please come up to us and talk with us. You don't have to be on the show if you don't want to. If you just want to talk, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep you updated exactly where we are. We'll, we're going to give Kimmy a task here, you know, especially while I'm in, you know, being quizmaster and stuff. She will be, you know, posting stuff on social media. Yes. And you can stay linked to us easily on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and many others, just by going to our website right now, which is RileyandKimmy.com, and friend and following us, right? That is correct. And I, I can't wait to this uh, this MegaCon, can you? Yeah, it should be exciting. Now, coming up on, let's see, episode 874. This is 872. On 874, we have a special guest to the Riley and Kimmy show. It is Mark B. Lee. Mark mm. B. Lee is a is a fantastic entertainer. He is a great master of ceremonies, host, panel host. He, I don't know how many he has that he is going to be doing at Megacon. Uh, 12. He's doing, he's doing 12 panels. 12 panels. 12 panels. Are you serious? And these are big panels. All right, Kimmy, I don't expect you to name all 12, but can you name some of those that Mark B. Lee will be representing? Uh, Stan Lee. Oh, my. Might have heard of him. Oh, yes. Um... Adam West and Burt Ward. Oh, I'm jealous. Might have heard of them too, right? Uh, Ming Na Wen from Shield. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big time jealous. I know Billy Piper. Mm-hmm. Yes. Doctor Who. Yes. Uh, John Cusack. Oh, geez, Mr. Hollywood here. Big he, movie star. Yes. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. And we have the pleasure of having Mark on the show coming up. On episode 874, Mark's going to talk about Megacon, the current Megacon, some past experiences. He's going to give you some con tips, too, better than anybody I know who can. Uh, He's going to talk about some of the upcoming guests, and he'll actually give you some tips on, because I'm not saying he's going to do this with every single one, but I've attended a lot. I I try never to miss his his panels. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I can't. I have to because we're doing an interview ourselves, so we have a conflict. Right. But generally, he, he has questions from the audience. And he'll give you some tips on how to get your question best answered. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he gives you some excellent guidelines and con tips. We'll be talking about that, too. Mm-hmm. Do you know, can I ask you this, because you've been paying attention, is he doing his cartoon thing? I have not heard that, okay. uh, that confirmed that he's doing that. There may not be enough time at this, because oh. this, this Megacon is so jam-packed okay. with, with celebrities and... And so I'm not certain he's doing that, but it's it's always extremely popular when he does. Yes, it's, he, he does a awesome. Saturday Saturday morning cartoon thing that is just is it's if you love the the old school cartoons of the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, you don't want to miss Mark B. Lee's cartoon thing. Mm-hmm. So we will have him on. We'll find out if that's going yeah. to be happening. Even if it's not, I mean, there's so many things that are going to be happening at this MegaCon. You can find out more about MegaCon at megaconvention.com and what celebrity, Kimmy, are you going to get an autograph from? Are you going to try to in photo op? Ooh. Um, I'd like to meet Ming-Na Wen. That's on your list. Uh-huh. You want to meet her. Yeah. And I think I want to see John Barrowman again. Oh. Of course, because he is he's a lot of fun. Yes, he is. I have a photo of us meeting him at one of the previous Megacons. Yeah. He's just full of life. Yes, yes. Okay, I was just kind of curious who uh, you had on your list. 
I, I, I bet I know who you have on your list. And who would that be, Kimmy? A Miss Billy Piper. Oh, that would be. That could be Rose Tyler. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. You might be right, Kimmy. Uh-huh. That could be. Yeah. I, I, you know, the quiz master would like to meet Billy Piper. That'd be kind of fun, mm-hmm. I think. So we'll keep you updated with more things as we get closer to MegaCon and also hopefully talk to some more uh, people who will be appearing there beforehand. Now, this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, we will be talking with somebody who is in Artist Alley at MegaCon, and that is Humphrey Chang. But we're not really talking about uh, his art, if you will, with that. We're going to be talking about the world of conventions, and he's brought a friend with him. That's Nate Aponte. We've had Nate on the show as well before. Nate is an artist and uh, uh, just a big-time nerd as well, and... Uh, they're sort of like a Batman and Robin set. Mm. They're like Captain America and Winter Soldier together. Okay. <laughs> That's what these two are. Or maybe I should say Bucky Barnes. The two of them together. So we're, we're bringing them on to talk about cons, conventions, comic cons, toy shows, all those put together, and just some changes, some things that have happened over the past. Once again, this is for mature audiences only. The following program is intended for mature audiences. The Riley and Kimmy Show going down into the world of nerdum with with Humphrey Ching and his friend Nate, who was actually my friend too. Uh, a I, I don't know what to call it, Nate. I'm going to call him a uh, a a wise nerd. That's what I'm going to actually call him. He's joining the Riley and Kimmy Show. And this episode, we're actually uh, going to be talking about. Well, we'll talk about art too, but we're we're going to talk about the world of conventions, and this includes small conventions, the comic book shows, the toy shows, and the big ones, the huge conventions. One of the reasons we are now in uh, the the height of conventions, uh, the season, it's really you know kicking in here now, especially all over the United States. Now for Florida, it's all the time. Um, we probably lead the nation in conventions. Last check I had for 2016, it was. Like 110, 113 conventions slash comic book toy shows in the state. Uh, so we do have a lot. And by the way, the bulk of those are probably in greater Orlando. So Humphrey is no stranger to conventions. Nate, not a stranger either. And I thought I'd bring him on the show and we talk about the world. What has changed over the past few years and maybe what's going to be happening down the road. And also talk about some behind the scenes things that uh, affect a convention. Now, welcome to the show, guys. Hello, Patrick. Well, hello, Humphrey. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, things are going well, Nate. So, Hump, when was the first convention you actually went to? Do you? I mean, not as a guest, but or as a as a vendor or artist at the at the event. When was the actual first one you went through the door just to go to a convention? Um, probably back in New York. Okay, and were you like a young guy? I mean, you're still young, but were you a teenager? Yeah, I was I was young. Okay, so you've seen an actual change, is my point, over a course of time. Probably when you went to, I'm just guessing, uh, by your age, th- there wasn't much cosplay. There was some costuming, but there probably wasn't a lot, right? You know, um, back in the days, I mean, you, even like I, like Nate would probably agree with me, um, like because we 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 went to the cons together back in the days, um, but. Um, Back back in the days, there weren't really any cosplayers like in well in New York at least. Like um, there was like a lot of booth babes. But now booth babe for those that don't know is they used to be used. Artists used to use these and other vendors, right? They would find somebody you know very attractive and sort of like the car shows do to get people to look at their new new vehicles, right? Yeah, like you know, like maybe Top Cow would have like Tomb Raider or Witchblade or something standing in, in their booth, you know what I mean? 
or something right. like that. And to entice us nerds to go over there, like, ooh, hot woman. Oh, yeah, in a comic book. Probably in that time period, the only cosplay, per se, at an event would be like your Star Trek events and stuff like that, really, where you had more than, you know, a whole bunch, is my point. Uh, you had a bunch of people dressed up like Star Trek characters. Uh, it wasn't, you know, just everything meshed, you know, comic book uh, in costume, uh, which you do find nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, like, that's the other thing, too. Like, I don't remember New York having that much cosplaying back in the No, days. no. I mean, a lot of the cons I went to back then, and I'm talking before the big New York Comic Con that seems to, which is basically, I guess, San Diego for New York, over the Javits Center. I mean, we used to do uh, the Madison Square Garden. Uh, they rent the space, a hotel across the street from Madison Square Garden, or like a church, that sort of thing like that. And uh, you had a lot of uh, vendors. You had a couple of celebrities, but they were like, spread out here in between and weren't a lot of people dressed up as Batman and stuff like that. You know? Mm. Yeah. Nobody made their own costume or something. I don't remember that back in the days. I remember that was like probably like in the early two thousands, maybe like when cosplaying started happening, but it was mostly at the anime cons. It wasn't at the comic book conventions. Like I don't remember a whole lot of cosplaying at the comic book conventions back in the days. It was mostly, at like anime cons and stuff and then like um and that was probably the only reason why i would want to go to anime con because it's like all these people cosplaying a lot of hot chicks or something but then a lot of chicks back in the days weren't that hot who cosplayed too (laughs) that is humphrey ching with that comment (laughs) let's just make sure um, because humphrey we don't want to get you in trouble here we want to get you in hot water you know because there is uh some uh cosplay controversy out right now just recently at the santa fe comic con I don't know if you caught um, Santa Fe Comic Con's been catching a little bit of cosplay uh, flack because a cosplayer approached them, wrote them, and wanted to be, well, basically have a table and have expenses paid. And they responded back, not, they, they basically said no. And then they made some other comments which have now made it to, you know, the, <laughs> the World Wide Web with, you know, um, comments that revolved around hot chicks and almost no clothes, unquote, um, it, it kind of made some people kind of upset. And, you know, I, I, I probably what I think is sad with this is the original discussion, what started with the cosplayer and the con is kind of lost. Um, the letter from the, the con to the cosplayer was, uh, dear, well, this is what the cosplayer wrote to them. They said, Dear Santa Fe Comic Con, I'm a cosplayer from the Midwest with 20,000 likes on Facebook. Would you fly me out, put me in a hotel, and give me a table per diem, meaning everything paid for, food and all that stuff? The, the Santa Fe Comic-Con responded, quote, Sorry, we don't pay to bring on cosplayers. We like to develop our own local talent. I can give you a table if you will market us on your site and sell $200 worth of tickets for us, unquote. Cosplayer responds, How am I supposed to make any money? I have to pay all my own expenses Question mark, and then the con responds, um, are we family or something? So the question is, is, <laughs> is <laughs> the question is, well, first of all, is the con really out of place there? Okay, that, that'd be the one thing to ask. I mean, um, I, I have some friends who uh, are artists, and they consider the cosplayer as art artists as well. I mean, Humphrey knows of those that actually sketch cosplayers and stuff like that. So, I mean, they might 
defend this person immediately. I don't know if they would or would not. Um, but do you think that's out of line for them asking for that for the, the con or is the con out of line saying, hey, we, you know, we're not we're not going to give you a table. Well, they did actually offer them a table. They just didn't offer them food and flight. You know, if you would sell tickets, our tickets to our show. Absolutely not. It's like, who who is this person? You know, uh, kudos for the balls on her to ask for that stuff. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong to ask. I guess, but is uh, I, I have twenty thousand likes on Facebook. And then, you know, now can you fly me out? Like, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're if you're an established cosplayer, you got a name behind you. You know, you're you're popular. You're gonna bring in the crowd. You know, yeah, you you like you know they. I guess for them, you know, it's like you know they know what they're worth. I guess you know what I mean. But if you're just like some like off the street, or you know, I just started doing cosplays or whatever. Yeah, you kind of it's it, it it goes the same way with artists. Like, there's a lot of artists that go to these cons and then they decide that they're gonna charge like. Two hundred dollars for a sketch, and it's just like, who, who, who the hell are you to be charging two hundred dollars for a sketch? You know what I mean? It's like, right. you just started, you know, doing cons. And what books have you done? You know, where's your fan base? Yeah, it's like some of these people come in and they act like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I made it because I do like sketch cards or I do like, you know, I did a, I paid table, I, I got a con. And, a table at a con, uh, a meg, like at MegaCon or um, whatever. Or spe- you know? special guest status. Um, well, I mean, not special guest status. I mean, I know people who who are not even special guests, you know, and they get, they get what you call it, they get big-headed because they, they do like one or two cons and then they think they're like, you know, they they made it or something. And it's just like, no, man, you ain't, you didn't make it. You, you're just like everyone else at the con that paid money to buy a table at the con, and you're just selling your artwork. You know, you, you're you're not you're not a big name. You're not established. You know what I mean? Like, do, do you think Humphrey and all? And I'm this not a joke. Do you think? And I'm not going to be focusing just on cosplay, but let's just use this cosplay example. Is that hurting the con overall? when you have cosplayers charging and I mean, I've seen it, you've seen it where they sell prints, but there's also now, uh, at least it seems more down here. I've seen certain areas where even for selfies and stuff they're, they're charging for, I mean, uh, is, is that going to be, does that cause a little, well, what's the word on it? It makes the, the con change a little bit more and not necessarily in a good thing. Does it take away from that fun environment? I mean, there's a lot of things taken away from the environment. Like, I mean, it's, it's not just the cosplay. I mean, cosplay has, you know, it's, it's a big part of it because, like, now people are focused on just, I mean, some people, some people just go to the cons just to see cosplayers. Well, th- then there's, yeah. and there's a set of cos, and this is nothing wrong. This is their, their life, their hobby, and not just a hobby, they almost obsession. I'm not trying to bash them. I mean, they want to go to every single con they can, they can get to, to compete in, you know, the cosplay contest. That's, they don't go to the con to, to see what's going on at the con or meet anybody. I, I, I know, and it's not every cosplayer like this, but I know several, many that do that. You know, I'm like, okay, they're, that's all they're here for is that cosplay contest. I mean, that's fine if you're, if you're doing it for the cosplay side of it, because you know what, 
everything kind of has to work with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't have a con without cosplayers. You can't have con without cosplay contests. But you got to have to know how to organize it, you know, the right way. Like, a lot of these cons, and, you know, a lot of these cons should take note. Like, if you're going to have a con, you know, and you're going to have a cosplay contest, have it at the end of the con. Like, when the day is over and the exhibit hall is closed, have have the cosplay contest during that time, not an hour before the the, con, the exhibit closes down or the show's over. Now, some some you know, I'll defend the smaller ones. I don't know about the you know the big, the huge, uh, the the mega con and that size cons, but the smaller one day shows. One of the reasons they do what they do sometimes, they'll do a, a cosplay contest. Let's say the show goes to five, they'll do the cosplay contest at two, and their reason is is they. Instead of awarding cash, we'll award vendor bucks or sometimes cash. But their their thought process is to get that money back into that vendor room. Uh, that's what they're going for. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, that's why they hold it before the conclusion, you know, of the event. Although I think it actually defeats uh, the con because what happens is, and I know what Humphrey's talking about, especially the smaller cons, is it, it just sucks. The room becomes dead. The vendor artist area becomes totally dead. I mean, vendors, everybody. Uh, it, it just becomes very light from that point on and doesn't usually recoup after that that cosplay contest. Uh, so I, I agree with you on that part. It would be nice if they can all have them. You know, if the con goes to five, they have it at five. Yeah. And, I mean, it's fair to everybody, you know? Like, like, like you know, you, you got to have the cosplay contest because, you know, right now, yeah, as much as, you know, people want to deny it or, People hate it. I mean, cosplayers bring in the crowd. You know what I'm saying? And <clears throat> it's it's what you know what a lot of people go to cons for these days. It's just you know to see people in costume because it's a, it's you know honestly to to the the muggles of of the cons like you know the freaking the normal people that come in you know that not that are not fans that just want to bring their family to go experience a comic-con they're there just to see these people dress up or like whatever because they to them it's like a freak show they think it's like a freak show they think they're they're at mardi gras or something where they they're gonna see some crazy stuff but <laughs> but like for the family you know what i mean and then it's like you know but then sometimes they don't realize like what other kind of stuff they, they end up seeing you know and then you know they get they end up getting into a fight with their boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever <laughs> but you know but it's it's like that's the thing though you know it's like i mean i mean everything i think the cons these days are really like um they're they're losing a lot of like like um they just they just a lot of cons are just focusing on too much things these days. You know, they're, they're either focusing on like the celebrities or they're focusing on the, what you call it, the, the cosplayers. But then among, you know, among the, the insight of, of like the cons, people forget like what cons are all about. And, you know, it's called comic cons, you know, people are in, you're supposed to be there for the comics. You know, see, but, is that it right there, Hump? That word, that the words Comic Con are overused. 
And yeah. Some of these sh- shows shouldn't even have that attached to them. Oh, yeah. I can name a few in Florida that, that shouldn't even be called a co- comic con. It should be called cosplay cons or, or, or pop culture con or something. No, or, or a freaking daycare con for your teenagers. Daycare con? You know? It's oh, like, boy. Humphrey, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't want to out that, that, that place, but I, I think I know what you're talking about. At least one of them I'm pretty well, well aware of. It's, it's not just one of them. It's, it's a bunch of them. You know, there's a lot of cons out there that that just like, you know, like they cater to that. And it's just like, you know, they, they're thinking that, you know, it's like, you know, they're going to bring in this whole like, you know, cosplay thing. But then it's just like, but then what they end up bringing is a bunch of little kid teenagers just like that are into anime or well, whatever. And just acting stupid in the hallways, you know? And it's just like, that don't buy anything, you know? And it's just like, or don't even support the medium, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, if, if, you know, like, what do you, what do you, what are you doing then? <laughs> you know? Well, the, like, you, well, you have, then you have the cons that you, that are confused. I mean, especially one day's, that are trying that are affected by the big guys, <clears throat> meaning the Dragon Cons, the New York Comic Con, the Mega Cons. They try to be them when they can't even remotely be like them. Meaning they they've now shifted themselves over into a pop culture current feel. They're they're trying to uh, they they try to bring celebrities in and they can't bring in the big names. They just can't because they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And and so the show isn't what you know these big guys are. And they're no longer focusing on comic books and even their toys. They mean, because back in like 1990, it was, uh, it was comic book shows and then there was toy shows and toy shows became beanie baby shows. And then they kind of fused together in some cases, the comic book toy shows. And then they all went away for a while because of eBay. eBay came in, wiped basically almost all the little guys off planet Earth for a while. And then they started coming back, uh, you know, in the last 10 years uh, because people supposedly want to feel the con experience again. Mm -hmm. And so now in Florida, I don't know about other parts of the United States, but in Florida, it's like weeds. Cons are popping up everywhere. I mean, they're just everywhere. And, And they're trying, a lot of these guys are trying to one days and sometimes two days are trying to compete with these big guys and offering the, the, the pop culture experience, but they, they, they've forgotten the roots. You know, the comic books, they might call themselves blank, whatever comic con there's libraries, by the way, that do this too. They'll, they'll, it'll be, you know, X, Y, C city library, comic con. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, the words just used everywhere now and comic books may, may or may not be there. Or if there is, it might be only one or two dealers and not that many comic books. And then you have a table of celebrities that, aren't really that big. And then the question when those cons is when do they become too expensive for people to go to? When are they going to say, well, you know, it's worth, it's worth a buck to go to this con. It's worth $5 to go to this con. When's it stop where they're like, "Uh, that's too expensive. You know, there's cons that don't even take credit cards at the door. You have to pay them the cash. And that's a shitty shit. Like that's, that's pretty shitty. Like I've been to cons where like, it's in a big venue and they don't even take credit cards. Like you got to pay them in cash. And you know, if you're going to pay them in cash, well, what money are these kids going to have left over the, to buy stuff with, you know, it's like, it's, 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 
it's kind of crazy with some of these cons. Like, I think some of these people just like, you know. And, and what people don't realize also, you know, from the behind the scenes thing, the, the cons are now in a game. And this is the big guys too, but it trickles all the way down to a little bitty city is the celebrities that some are trying to go for. The celebrities, their their management teams, their agent, even those who just handle themselves, now realize, because cons are hot, very, very hot, that they're now pitting con against con. They'll say, you know, a promoter will approach the manager, the agent, and say, hey, I got an event happening. And they'll go, oh, that's great. Okay, let me get back to you. And they'll come back and they'll say, well, you know, we've been approached by a con 250 miles away. Uh, we're looking at them. They're offering us this. Now, can you top us what you just offered us and offer us? more and that game is now playing which in turn means the cons paying more money out to bring in an, a, and by the way these are even smaller celebrities this happens with i've seen this and what happens is the the con spending more money and when the con spends more money they then charge it to the vendor the vendor has to pay more for the table the artist has to pay more for the table and it may even trickle down to that front gate that's the last thing they try to raise is that gate um but then they'll raise that and then people end up spending more money uh, to get to the con, my point that we're, we're now on a slippery slope where some of these cons are going to be pricing themselves away. Yeah, as they well, try, as they try to as they deviate from the comic book world and try to be pop culture. Is my point. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it, it's it's like what money are these people going to have left over to like you know really do anything with, with some of these prices that they're charging at the door now. You know, it's like, I don't know, some, like, certain cons, like MegaCon, people wait all year round for, I mean, Dragon Con and mm -hmm. New York Comic Con, like, people wait for these cons all year round to, like, you know, go to them, you know, and then, I mean, that's where you really get to see the real, the real fans come out, you know, but, I mean, it, it's, <clears throat> but it's, it's getting kind of scary now because it's like, you know, I mean, um, we're, like we were talking about today, like you know, we're talking about like MegaCon and stuff, and it's awesome that they have so many like guests that are gonna show up to these con to to MegaCon, but like you know, and they got all these big like stars and stuff that are gonna be at the con. But the problem is, is like when that happens, what's left over? You know, like. You're talking about cash because it's not cheap. I mean, it's it's it can be expensive if you really want to go full out and meet somebody, get an autograph, get a picture, etc. Yeah, because like these some of these people charge ridiculous amount to get their autograph taken, and pictures taken, and then it's just like you know, what what are they gonna be left with afterwards? Like you know, like I've been to some cons where like they have just like a crazy amount of um celebrities and but and then they charge like a crazy amount for like ticket price but then like at the at, after they get they meet their their celebrity or they get pictures with the whole cast of that tv show you know there's no money left to do anything else you know what i mean like I know some people that i think kind of you're talking about they, they'll go okay i'm going to go to you know the big con i say oh that's great uh, what do you plan on doing over the three days? And they'll go three days. I'm I'm just going for probably you know a little while. I'm just going to get a couple of things signed and get a picture with them. And then I'm I'm done. And you know they've they paid a lot to get into the into the door. And and then you know 
but their their mission is just that, you know, because they'll say, you know, I'm spending three hundred dollars, and that's it, and it's all going to be spent on the autograph, the picture, and the parking, and to get in this place. I'm done then. Exactly, and it's just like yeah, parking too is like ridiculous now too, but I mean, it's like you know, you gotta hope for the best, I guess, you know, like, but you know. All the, but in the end, like a lot of us little guys get get screwed, you know. Do Do you see Humphrey? And I'm not, I'm not, we're not picking on Orlando here, but do you see that the bigger cons may someday get away from having the artists, the vendors, or not as many? I do see it. I mean, there's a there's like a whole, and I've been I've been saying this from the for for the get go. Like, uh, there's gonna be like a civil war in cons because it's like. <laughs> I mean, it's already happening. I see it all over the place, and I mean, I can see, I, I, I can understand both sides, you know. Like, you know, there, there's a civil war against like everybody. There's a civil war against like artists, artist alley artists who sell prints, and then with comic book artists and cosplayers, and you know, so on, and um. And not and crafters too, like you know. So it's like when, when you're talking about the print things, I, you, I'm wondering. There, I think Nate can help me on this. Wasn't it just recently somebody who got some stink, uh, either dumped on him or somebody threw uh, the truth, the spotlight on somebody who was what's called a swiper at cons? Yeah, uh, what I read is uh, an uh, established artist happened to come across a booth. And the vendor who supposedly drew these uh, images, they were swipes. They All this guy did was scan these images of John Romita Jr., Jim Lee, Neil Adams, what have you, and photoshopped his name on it or might even probably drew a few of them but, like, copied it verbatim and passed it off, tried to pass it off as his. And I guess he was – I mean, he, if he had tables, I guess he's done them for a while. So he got caught, and uh, the artist that, that called him out made a big fuss about it, and he got ejected from the con. Now yeah. that that's interesting because uh, Humphrey knows some situations. I won't name whom because I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but uh, I'm surprised he got ejected. That's that because Humphrey and I have known of some cases where that kind of person, it's just it, those who know they just stay clear, but they don't get ejected. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, among the art world, you know, that that's just like really annoying. That kind of annoys me because like I see it and I've been like I've argued with some people on on Facebook and stuff about it because um, like uh, what you call it? There's people nowadays that are just like cutting out comic book pages and modpaging it to like some board like a board yeah 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 and then, show me that actually yeah and there's i mean there, there's videos on it on on facebook that people post up and they support it they're like oh my god this is so amazing blah blah, blah. i'm like it's not amazing because it's it's a d diy of you like teaching people how to do like <laughs> cheap art you know well it's, it's isn't that folk art isn't that what you would call folk art that kind of thing right there it's, it's crafting <laughs> right crafting it's like it's like, um, but it's, it's like, it's cool and all if you're trying to do it for yourself, you know what I'm saying? If you want to do something cool to decorate your house, fine. 
But, you know, if you're going to go around selling stuff like that, at least sell it with your own artwork. Don't be swiping comic book artists, you know, stuff. Like, people, I've, I've argued with people because people have said, like, oh, you know, when you buy a comic book, it's it's your property. You could do whatever you want. Yeah, but you know what? It's still someone else's artwork. That's, still plagiarizing. Yeah, it's still plagiarizing. It's you're, 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 if you're going to say that, you know, because one of our friends, I had a I had a little discussion about it with him, and he was saying that to me. He was telling me like, oh, you know, it's it's you know, when you buy a comic book, it's your property. You could do whatever you want with it. It's crafting, blah blah blah, you know. But I'm like, okay, if that's if if you see it like that and you're okay with that, why don't we take your artwork, cut it up into pieces, and freaking mod podge that crap, and then like let's see what happens with that, you know? And it's just like. Those images make money probably because and, and the artist doesn't see a dime because he was already paid to draw the, the the drawing that he did already, so he's paid. Now this guy can make like ten, twenty, thirty copies of it, sell them for eleven hundred a piece or whatever it is he's selling it for. And the same image, the original artist only got like the, for sake of argument, let's say three grand to get a draw. This guy sold twenty prints at eleven hundred bucks. You do the math. Well, mm-hmm. if it's a, they've stolen from a cover of a comic book, my understanding is, uh, what is it, 600 bucks is a cover, uh, not the big guys, but if you're doing a comic book, it might be 600 bucks you might get. Uh, to do entry that. level? Yeah, basically, right around 600. So let's say that they've stolen that, you know, and yeah, they can magnify what they're getting off, you know, a lot, a lot more than 600 off that uh, uh, comic book that they took and mass produced. But, mm-hmm. you know, Humphrey, I'm wondering... It, it, some people might think we're talking about the big names that have stuff swiped. It's not. I've seen it with you know those who have never had something published in Marvel or DC or even IDW or Boom. Uh, oh yeah, I well, the, the stuff swipe all the time off of like the T-shirt sites because he makes T-shirts for like T Fury and all that stuff. His stuff gets swiped all the time. So yeah, I, I would think that the the person who's doing the swiping is trying to be slick. Thinking, okay, well, this artist is not known because he hasn't done anything. I could swipe this, I can make it look better, or this, that, and the third, and pass it off as my own. And you know, somebody walking in the con, not knowing any better, not to insult that person, you know, they 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 like Batman, so that's all they know. And then I see this, they go, hey, I'll buy that. They have no idea that somebody's work got stolen. Yeah, people people don't care. Do do you think are the artists? themselves i mean are they protecting themselves or do they let themselves it happen i mean i've seen at a con i won't name where where it was discovered somebody's art was swiped by another artist and the one who had his art swiped he was very he was calmer than i would have been i would have been flipping table uh he he was like no you know uh he's got it you know he he's he you know he he's done what he's done uh i don't want to cause any problems is that part of their fear of causing problems or no. Okay. I I don't I, I want to know. I mean. I mean I'm just curious. I mean it's, some, some people just don't want to make a big deal about it. I don't know. I okay. mean, you know I don't I like I I don't want any conflict either. You know I don't like to, you know like I don't need that kind of stress. I got I got stuff to worry about. But yeah, you know I'll be pissed if someone tries to steal my stuff too. You know. Right. At the same time, like you know, I'm not gonna you know, like. What you call it? Go and beat up the dude or whatever, you know, like I might or, or flip the table. We, I'm not going to name who. 
he's a friend of mine. Uh, he he has done that, and but that's not your route, right, Humphrey? Nah, I mean like, you know, I'll probably come at him and you know, and have a talk with him or something, tell him to take it down, you know? Right. Or like get the you know the people who in charge to kick him out or something. But, okay. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like you know. I mean, that's one of the things I, you know, uh, my friend uh, who does that and has done that, you know, the, the downside to what he's doing with that is, you know, kids that are around at cons and things like that. Because, you know, and, and just general clueless people that have no idea what's going on. All of a sudden you've got conflict, you know, coming into their world. Uh, I would just take it to the back so yeah. the kids won't see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, but for me, this whole thing with, with swiping and, and everything we spoke about earlier, like for me, I'm more of a consumer then I'm a vendor. I've, I've only been behind the table once and um, seeing all this stuff kind of discourages me, you know, people swiping stuff. And I spoke with somebody else other than Humphrey about this, about that guy who, who was trying to sell knockoffs and got caught. Like I haven't drawn in a while. We spoke about that before. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things and I could easily go to my archives of books, and like I said, look up artists that the younger kids won't know. I, I can swipe old John Buscema stuff. I can swipe Mark Silvestri stuff before he got bigger than what he is now, and I can copy them easily and swipe them over my – but I wouldn't do that, A, because it's freaking wrong. And two, these artists that I'm mentioning, these are my heroes. These are my idols. These are the gentlemen and a few ladies out there as well that made me want to do this. And for me to do that is a slap across the face to them and everything they've done to the industry. And I, you know, whether I ever get anything published or printed or whatever it remains to be seen. But as a person who wanted to do this for a living, I respect this industry too much to do that. And also, I don't want to insult the consumers on that, too. That, that's just wrong. And seeing all this nonsense that's going back and forth as a guy that still wants to do this. Is like, well, why do I want to get into this if this is a problem and that's a problem? If a guy swipes my stuff or nobody's looking at my artwork because, uh, you know, the chick dressed like Power Girl is getting all the attention. It's it's very discouraging for, for people to want to try to do this. You know, Humphrey, that's something to point out. I just mean, think with Nate, you know, I don't want to say Nate's a newbie, but just something to point out for those who are maybe starting out and wanting to do, you know, the artist alley kind of thing. If you're at a big con... There are a lot of artists. There are aisles of artists that you're actually competing for attention with. Uh, unlike a small show, if you're doing a, a small one-day show, there might be, you know, what, half a dozen uh, artists at it in comparison to 100-plus, right? Yeah. Well, I think at MegaCon this year, I think someone told me they're going to have – it seems like there's like over 500 artists this time. Whoa. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a lot of artists. It's like over 500, I think. And with that said, here here's a little helpful hint, right, Humphrey? Pay attention who's coming up to your table or coming by your table. Uh, you know, actually, I think that I know some people. I can say this. Humphrey probably can't because he he's connected with a lot of the people I might be talking about. There are some artists who are a lower skill level who sell better because they interact with whoever's going by that table in a far better way. Yeah, you know, I had a conversation with some friends about this today, and it's just like, it comes down to it, you know. Um, the thing about that is that 
these guys who are at the lower level and a lot of people who are at the lower level but sell better, there's a reason for that. It's because these people, you know, I'm not trying to like say that, you know, they're they're not, but you know, they're not doing it because a lot of them are not doing it because they love the medium, they love the, you know, the actual material. They love it. They're doing it because they want to make money. They're trying to cash in. And if you're, you know, a lot of these guys are just better salespeople, you know, like a lot of the real, like artists who do have talent, they're not, they're not salespeople because we're more, we're more, what you call it? We care more about our art, you know, and we care more about our fans. Well, you're also at the convention as an experience. It's nerdum. You're part of the, the comic book world. It's been part of you since you're, you know, you could probably read <laughs> or, or really close to it. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, I consider myself as an artist first, you know, artist illustrator first, you know, before a salesperson or something, you know, and I don't really look at the money sometimes because it's just like, I'm not in the position where, where a lot of people, other people are, where they're doing this for a living. You know what I mean? I, I have a full-time art job that I do. And I do this as, you know, as something for me to and, do. And you're yeah. probably one of the, I don't want to say few, but you're, you're, you're one who is doing this out of love, but you're also there to get your art known and possibly discovered by DC, Marvel, Boom Studios, somebody, correct? Yeah, I'm trying to do this to, you know, get that exposure, you know, to maybe one day do covers for DC or Marvel, you know, or just like, you know, or just anything, video game companies, um, even do doing like a, a production work for like movies and stuff like that, you know, whatever. But, you know, that's that's my goal, you know, and at the same time, I'm also doing it for myself because... I want to draw these things and I want to, you know, I, I, I want to do it for myself and I want to do it because I love it, you know? And at the same time, if people appreciate it, then that's a plus for me because, you know, I don't, I don't really gain a whole lot, you know, from, from making, like doing these cons, like, you know, we don't, we, we don't, make billions of dollars at these cons your goal technically if i'm not mistaken because the way you are is you want to make back your table meaning what it costs you to physically be there right yeah most of the times you know i'm hoping i can make more than that you know like at least my you know the cost of everything like my expenses my, right you know and some extra extra money you know like so i can pay the bills and do more of this you know like buy another table for another con, right? you know, buy more supplies, buy, you know, more material for me to motivate me to keep doing this. You know, I mean, there are people who just like, you know, they don't, they don't take it as serious as like some other artists out there. Some are, you know, some artists that come out there, they see this as an opportunity to you know cash in you know they think oh maybe i draw some 
you know, chibi, you know, characters or like, or, or I'll do like, um, I'll draw a Deadpool or Harley or whatever. And like, you know, or I'll just draw whatever's popular. I'll draw Groot because Groot is popular right now and because Guardians of the Galaxy just came out or, you know, Spider-Man with the shield because Civil War, you know, it's like, it's quick buck. just quick bucks. Yeah. It's like, you know, trends, they follow trends and they just want to do the quick buck and quick popularity thing. And it's just like, it's cool if that's what you're trying to do. If, if that's what you're trying to do, you know, more power to you, if that's, you know, but you're, you're not bringing anything to the table. You're not bringing anything to the con. What you're bringing is, you know, people are going to end up calling you out. And those people are the comic book people right now. Because, you know, I don't blame the comic book people for getting mad, you know, at, like, some of these print people. Because I, me, myself, sometimes think a lot of the people who are at these cons don't belong there. Because, you know, they don't, they're not doing it because, you know, the same reason where most people are doing it. You know, I I start doing this because this has always been my passion. You know, it's 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 not even about <clears throat> you know selling my artwork. My my thing was always like I saw I saw a movie back in college called Chasing Amy, and I saw these guys at a comic book convention, and you know like as comic book artists. And the first thing I ever said to myself was, when I saw that movie, was, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do, you know, one day. And I'm doing it now, you know. But, you know, I mean, I can't say for everyone else that they have that same passion that I do, you know. But, <clears throat> I mean, if it's, if it's a way for people to, you know, think that they're going to become big artists, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, but, you know, doing cons is not going to make you, like, a huge artist, you know? They don't, they don't even have uh, talent scouts anymore, really, do they? Yeah, I don't I don't even know if they do do that anymore. And I'm hoping that they do, you know, because, I mean, I think they still do at some cons, because some con- some artists get picked up to do, like, covers and stuff for, for Marvel and DC, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's there's some people out there that do, you know, they don't have to be Marvel DC. Maybe they're they work for like some other bigger company or something. Some other company, you know, Lucasfilms or something. But a lot of, you know, let's be fair, a lot of people are now competing with the world literally because, you know, you're competing with the Philippines as it just comes to mind. Uh, you know, because of the internet. I mean, See, uh, that's that's yeah. that's the one thing that a lot of artists in America well, not, not a lot of artists in America. I won't say that. I won't say that because I think a lot of people in, up up north and on the west coast they know about this. But a lot of people, I like um, among my friends that I hang out with, I don't I don't think a lot of people realize how how big of a difference of 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 art is out there in in outside of of the of America. Because and how many talented people are out there as well? Yeah, like the 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 art artists at like that you find out of this country are like phenomenal. These people like no no one could can in America like it's 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 not 
there's not a whole lot of American artists right now that can hold the torch to a lot of these like foreign artists out there. Some of these foreign foreign artists out there, they shit out art. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like it's 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 amazing what these people do, and it's like you know, a lot of them are even ahead of us. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good artists in America too. Don't get me wrong. You know, but you know, but the like some of these people like are just so advanced and they're so young, you know, that they're making so much good stuff. And it's like, and a lot of people don't realize like, you know, except for the big companies because the big companies, what they do, the, all the big companies now, Marvel, you know, DC, like a lot of them outsource artists. Now, a lot of the artists come from like Philippines, you know, Malaysia or something or, you know, Korea, you know, um, South America, you know. And they say a lot of them probably love it just a little bit more than we do. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say that, you know, knowing that I've been in love with this industry for over 25 years. Yeah. And, and, um, and it's scary because, like, the competition now, I mean, the competition – alone like in america like there like there's a lot of competition but that but if you're going to compete with the people all around the world that's that's scary cuz like you got to bring your a game yeah cuz there's there's way like way more people out of the you know out of the united states that's i mean they're just like taught you know like like really like master level skills you know it's the discipline's different down there yeah wherever like like you were saying they were in the philippines they did that in the 70s as well uh remember the book savage sword of conan a lot of artists came from the philippines i mean with the exception of john busema and or gil kane they they brought in a lot of philippine uh, artists to ink and even draw them themselves one name in particular alfredo alcala uh, I looked him up because his stuff is amazing. I'm sure you've seen his stuff before, Patrick. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I read a story, which I don't know how true it is. I like to believe it because that just makes him a superhero on his own, where I forgot who was the editor who spoke with him, and they asked him what was his uh, his page turnout. And he said something's like a ridiculous number, like that he could pull off pencils and inks at least close to – 30 to 50 pages a week. Oh, my goodness. And there was a misunderstanding. And he's like, oh, you mean a month? He says, no, a week. And then when you look at all the Savage Swords of Conan and all these books that come out, you know, he inked a lot of John Buscema stuff, and the detail was incredible. And it's like, how does he pull this off within a span of a, a week or whatever? And that's the stuff that I've studied or tried to study. And I mean, I've been trying to study that for 20 years and I still can't get the handle of it. And you know what it is, right? The difference is, is what, you know what it is. The difference was that is that these people out of the country, these people are hungry. These people, they don't live the life that we do in America where they don't have like, you know, a lot of them probably don't have, like, PlayStations and... The distractions. Yeah, they don't right. have all this stuff, you know? They don't have HD TVs. They don't have iPads and, 
iPhones maybe, you know, some of these people, I'm not, I'm not saying that these people are poor as fuck, but you know, but I mean, a lot of these people who are living in other countries, they, you know, they, they, they just want they, it more. Yeah. They want it more. They're hungry. You know, I mean, Americans like, and that's the other thing, Americans like, like, especially now since we have Facebook and like all the social media, we tend to bitch a lot about everything, you know, we're not getting paid the right amount, bitch, you know, if like you look at me the wrong way, I bitch, you know, if you, if, if I say girls can't do this, bitch, you know, it's, it's, it's well, just, even, even with art, you know, I've seen a lot of, like, I'm a fan, a lot of, uh, art sites, Conan sites, comic sites, and everybody has an opinion about, and I mean, everybody does have an opinion, but the opinions that are, or that are said like everybody's a critic everybody apparently knows everything about composition everybody knows everything about storytelling you know it, it, it comes off condescending like you either like the image or you don't you know and if you want to have a conversation with it cool you know it's like hey what you think about this piece and then oh i think it's this and that and sometimes in these sites nobody asks what you think they just post it up like for example there's a conan site where it's everything and anything conan just images from the comic book or fan art you know and i've seen fan art that is amazing and some not so much but i'm not there going this is great that sucks this is great that's i just take it all in because i enjoy the fan site is that this is a fan site for conan and being a conan fan i like to see that i'm not the only guy that likes this character but i've seen people on on these pages going oh the muscles are to this and this is that and, and i'm like <laughs> I stop myself because I don't have time for it. But I'm like, really? So what is it that you do? What can you bring to the table to to uh, show me why this guy's composition is wrong or why this guy's anatomy is off or why is this, this, and that? Um, many people complain about John Romita Jr.'s art, and that drives me insane. They're like They say he's terrible, he's this and that. And I remember one, because when he took over the Superman run, uh, people weren't happy about it. And... Then they start, of course, doing the obligatory, let's make fun of him like we make fun of Rob Liefeld. Another guy you really should make, make fun of. If you don't like his art style, that's fine. But the man has proved himself. The man's been in the – both Ramita and Liefeld have been in the industry far longer than you probably even picked up a comic book. You don't have a right to, to say that this man should not be working. And one guy's like, oh, well, I can draw and I can this, this, and that. And I go, that's good for you. I can draw as well. But I know that – I am not on John Romita Jr.'s level, and neither are you. And apparently you don't understand the concept of art style. You don't understand the concept of meeting the deadline. Everything that he does is to get the book done. Uh, on time, on a certain deadline. A deadline. Uh, yes. Um, one, one example that I love using on people because they always they want to make fun of him, uh, that Avengers versus X-Men crossover that came out a couple of years ago. Do you remember it? Oh, yeah. I'm, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so it was like, what, six or eight issues in there. Remember, the the setup was that John Romita Jr. was going to do the first half, and Olivier Copiel was going to do the other half. Now, Olivier Copiel is a phenomenal artist, and I'm not knocking his ability because he, he draws beautifully. He does have some deadline issues. And so John Romita Jr., being of old school, he knocked out his four issues, no problem. And also, they put him in the front so they can give Copiel the time to do what he had to do. And with all that leeway, 
Copiel out of his four issues probably pulled off maybe two of those issues, if that. Oh. They had to call in Adam Kubert to, to, to pick up the slack. Another old school icon. And people want to like badmouth Bermuda Jr. And not on my watch. <laughs> Sorry, I went off on a little rant there. That's all right. That's okay. Now, Humphrey, since he went on, we were talking about world, you know, discovery and stuff, or you're, you're competing with the world. Back to the cons. Can you, I mean, does anybody still do the old uh, portfolio thing uh, to try to uh, get discovery? I mean, with any of the big names, try to get to get away in the door. Is that still done or is that just so old school and not done anymore? You know, where the guy walks up with a portfolio and plops it in front of him. I'll just give an example. Let's say Billy Tushy. Um, it, it, does that happen anymore or has that kind of gone away? I, no, I think people still do it. I mean, people like, I'm sure people still bring, you know, maybe now and maybe not so much their portfolio, probably their tablet or something, you know, to show their artwork or something, you know, but I mean, it's like, uh, what you call it? Um, I mean, I have people come up to me at cons and show me their portfolio. That was my next question. Do you have anybody that comes up to you? Yeah, no, I have people at cons come up to me and show me their portfolio and stuff like that. And I tell them like, I'm, you know, I'm not the guy who, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, what you call it? Like, I remember like, um, at Mike's show, like, um, a little girl comes up to me. And she wants me to sign her Harley pop figure. And I'm like, I, I'm not the guy who, who, who draws Harley. Um, the guy who draw like, you know, people who draw Harley and write it is sitting right next to me. You know, I'm like, you want them. You don't want me. You know, so she goes over there and she gets signed by Jimmy and Amanda. And then afterwards, she still comes, she, she still, still comes over to me and she wants me to sign it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I didn't. Like I didn't, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't draw the book, you know, like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you, like, um, you don't, you don't want me, you know, and then she was like, but she was like, no, she, she was like, yeah, no, I still, I, like, I still want you to sign it. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Now, you know? now you're, ta- you're talking about the Orlando Toy Comic Con that happened last January. I'm, I'm curious now, Humphrey, because we're talking about the portfolio stuff. Because of who you were sitting next to, did you show them any of your material? Yeah, I told I, – I, uh, you know, the funny thing is I asked uh, Jimmy Palmiotti to um, give me a critique on my stuff. Uh-oh. Can you share any with us? I mean, was it good? Uh, did you – I mean, were you okay? Yeah, I mean, I mean – you like my stuff. You just told me like, you know, little things, what to work on and stuff. But, you know, other than that, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, it, it, like, like, um, it was cool. Like, I, you know, like Jimmy's always cool. He so. didn't tell you to take your pencils and go away. He, he told you to keep at it. In other words. Of course. Like, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's a really good guy. So, um, yeah, it's well, like, I, well, at that show, there was somebody else there, and I thought we, because I hope Nate will have a story too here, even though he wasn't at this show. But who was at that show is very special uh, for me, and I, I'm pretty sure for you, Humphrey, was Darwin Cook, and he was sitting just next to uh, Jimmy, Amanda, and Billy Tushi. And did you know? Do you got a story you can share about Darwin? I think you you met him. I know you were there that day and, and talked to him. I was there around you a couple of times uh, when you were around him. But do you have any any Darwin stories you can share? 
Yeah, actually, when, like, uh, first time I ever met Darwin, um, it was actually at a MegaCon. And um, it's like, I think I just moved down to Florida to Orlando. Like, probably, like, I was probably in Orlando for maybe a year or two. So, like, um, I went to a MegaCon and then I met Darwin and I showed him, and I brought my portfolio. <laughs> I brought my portfolio. I brought my new frontier for him to sign, and then I was like, you know, like you know, I talked to him for a little bit, and then I was like, you know, can I show you my portfolio? And then I showed it to him, and like, like he's probably the the one like artist that like like I could say like he's probably one of my idols, like one of the guys I really look up to, and you know, like really cherish. You know what I'm saying, like. He's he's one of the the artists that I'm I'm like crazy about, so it's like he he's like like it's like meeting Jack Kirby for some people, you know what I mean? Like like that level of like you know because I'm I'm a huge Darwin Cook fan since he did Catwoman and stuff like that. So it's like you know Batman Ego and you know, but um anyways, but like uh what do you call it? So when I when I showed him my portfolio. You know, he started looking through it, and then he comes out and he goes, he goes, he pulls me aside, like he pulls me away from like the line. You know, he's like, "Come over here, come over here, let me talk to you." And then he pulls me over and goes, he goes, "Kid, what the fuck are you doing?" And I'm, <laughs> it freaked me out because I'm like, "Oh man, he's gonna give it to me," and he's like, "You know, he's like, you're really good, you know." Like, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, and I tell him, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, I don't want to, but you know, he's like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, are you, are you, do you want to do comics or what do you want to do? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I want to do comics, but you know, I just, you know, it's hard because I have, I work, I work and, you know, like I can only do this on the side, you know, I gotta make money and stuff. So and he's like, yeah, I understand. But he was like, you're, you're really good. And, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, brag about it. But, you know, he's like, he tells me, he's like, oh, you're really good. And, you know, I don't really, you know, tell people this a lot. And, you know, most people I, that come up to me, you know, I'll tell them that they're good, you know, you know, just to be nice and stuff. But you're really good. You're really good at what you do. And he's like you know, you need to keep doing this and you need to keep this up because you're not that far away, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep doing it, you know, so I was like, I was blown away because I was just like, wow, you know, this darn cook, you know, who's telling me this, I mean, I've met other, like, artists before and, like, you know, I've, I've also got good advice from other artists that, that I've ever met, but, but this is like darn cook, you know what I mean, like, well, when, like, when I was with you in January, that your first time with him had been a number of years before, and I swear you were like a little kid uh, going over to his table to get some things signed and talk with him. And actually, you got a you got a picture with him, a selfie with him, and, yeah. and I, I it was like you know Humphrey's all of a sudden fourteen years old next to me. I mean, it was really cool to see you. I mean, it was easy to tell that you you loved his work. And, and what I thought was every time I've met him, uh, he was so polite, very nice. Somebody who could have been just, you know, a big prima donna 
considering his uh, his pedigree in the industry. And he was not. He was very approachable, very friendly. Yeah, probably the most friendly, most nice, most real, like, person, comic book artist that, you know. I mean, no, you know, I, I like, there's a lot of people who are pretty real, you know, that I've met, too. I mean, Jimmy's pretty, he's real, you know. But, I mean, like, but Darwin is, like, just, he's really, like, just a really great guy. Like, like it, it's, a, it's very sad that, you know, that he's gone. Yes. And, you know, as I, uh, Mike, who's the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con promoter, and I talked about the other day when I had him on, is it, it was, it's such a good thing that Mike's show happened and Darwin was there because he was with, you know, his friends, you know, Jimmy and Amanda and, and Billy Tucci. Uh, it was just a, a, we didn't know at the time how special that moment was in space and time, um, but it was. It was very, very special. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. <clears throat> now, did, I was going to ask, has Nate, uh, did, does Nate have a uh, Darwin Cook story for us? Oh, not that as uh, deep as that. I briefly met him when I went down to Florida uh, two years ago to hang out with Humphrey. Um, Humphrey's told me many a times that, you know, he met him. The story he just told you, he's told me, and I was like, wow. Uh, I have the utmost respect for that man and his work. I came across his work. I mean, like with a lot of people, probably which is New Frontier. I mean, I learned about his other stuff later, but I remember, which I'm sure I've told you at one point or another. I really don't like what comics have been pumping out since 2005. I think the last great thing I read before I said, you know what, I'm not digging comics the way they are right now, was the JLA Avengers crossover Ooh, okay. of 2004. That was okay. like my last thing that I said. This is the greatest thing that comics has done. Then I saw New Frontier. Then I kind of had to take back the JLA Avengers and knock that down to number two because it was so refreshing to see, you know, this lighthearted, not angry um, universe and the fact that it took place in the 50s and all that stuff and characters that I've known and loved since I was a kid. And, you know, like, like I said last week, and I will continue to keep saying Superman is one of my favorite characters. And I grew up with the Max Fleischer cartoons. Oh, my yeah. father had them. And the fact that he gave him the Max Fleischer S was like amazing to me. And I must have read that story like, and I don't do this with any book. I, I read that, that series like easily five times in a row. And so then when Humphrey's telling me that he met him at the con and he showed him his work and stuff. And that's one thing I give Humphrey that I still haven't even done. Like I've met Wills Potasio, one of my favorites. I haven't had the nerve to say, hey, would you check my stuff out? Tell me what you think. And um, Humphrey did that with, with Darren Cook. And so anyway, flash forward that we went down there. Humphrey took me to, I guess, was the after party, right? Is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah, where, you know, all everybody who's had a table or what have you, they, you know, they mingle or whatever. So Adam Cooper, Jimmy Palmiotti, Darren Cook, and Amanda Connor, they were there. And then Darwin just hugged Humphrey. And I'm like, you know, not that I thought Humphrey was lying, but like, holy crap, he really does know. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, you know, I, you know, I, I turned and you say Humphrey was like a 14 year old kid. I, was, I must have been like 12 because like, you know, he's all oh, this is my buddy, Nate. He shook my hands. Like, How's it going? I was like, you're, you're, you're the cook. He's like, yes, I am. <laughs> and that's all I can get out. Like, I couldn't say anything else. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. Other than nice to meet you. But, you know, I didn't want to 
you know, in true with what he was, you know, because he was there with Jimmy and the men and they were doing their thing. And I didn't want to be like, oh, like this, this, and that. But, you know, he was nice in, in that five second, like, encounter. Do absolute gentleman. Like, and, and see, I've seen, like, I've read interviews where he's conducted himself. I'm like, this dude, I mean, I don't know much about him other than what Humphreys told me in the two seconds that I shook this man's hand. But just gentlemen, that's the only word I can come up with. Yeah. And in, I will state, and I've seen some others, I think Jimmy Palm, uh, Jimmy Palmiani mentioned this, but I think he was one of the few that actually, and, and Humphrey and I think talked about this off uh, off mic, is he was one of the few that understands Superman, uh, Darwin mm-hmm. Cook, beyond a doubt, uh, understood what the character, you know, its root, his roots and things like that. He actually understood these characters. Yeah. yeah. He may be like Green Lantern. I was never a Green Lantern guy, you know, he, he just never did it for me. And just reading that story, like how he was, the whole Chuck Yeager thing and and oh, yeah. everything else, I, I was just like – and it was funny because I was like, wow, I'm kind of getting a little bit of a history lesson, like just with superheroes in it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the piece where one we're talking about is you know New Frontier, and it, I I mentioned a few days ago. You know, if you've never read it, you've never even seen the animated piece. This is the time to do that to visit this. No, read it first before yeah. you see the cartoon. Yeah, and honor you know yeah honor uh, the person who created this because it, it, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like I, I wish I wish like you know like he like um. We could get we could get more stuff by him, but I, I could say that, you know, since he's like you know the time that we did have him, you know he yeah. he's he's made so many great pieces that, I mean it's like I don't think there was one bad thing he's ever done, you know. No, no. It's like, Just gorgeous work. It's amazing. His stuff is truly amazing. Humphrey. You will be at uh, MegaCon. Do you even know where you're at yet, or are they still up in the air where they're putting Humphrey at MegaCon? Yeah, they kind of screwed up my um, what do you call it? My seating arrangements. Okay. So I'm still, you know, right now it's to be announced. Like, still trying to figure it out. Like, you know, what are they gonna do with that? Because oh, so you're a TBA. I got you. Yeah, it's like um. It's yeah, because I have someone from New York coming now too, buddy of mine, um, goes by name of Robo Seven. He'll be he'll be coming down and he's supposed to sit next to me. So, um, so I need a nickname. What? I need a nickname. I don't <laughs> think Nasty Nate's gonna cover it. So don't say Nasty Nate. Grumpy Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Grumpy Nate. Yeah. But no, they they kind of messed up my my seating arrangement because now he's not sitting next to me, and I have we have to figure out like they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to see if they can move him over to me or whatever, or try to change things around. But I'm still waiting on it. So wow. Just, now you know I, cool. I, I I we will post on our Facebook page wherever you are ahead of time, and also Twitter and stuff like that. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do that because uh, you know we'll be doing some live streams from MegaCon as we do interviews and stuff up and down uh, Artist Alley and the celebrity area. In between doing panels, because I'll be doing uh, three different panels, which you won't be able to attend, Humphrey, because you're stuck at a table. Yeah, no, I don't. I usually don't go anywhere in MegaCon. I usually just stay at my table. Well, Oops. damn it! I, I don't want you at my uh, my panels then. You just stay at your table. 
<laughs> I didn't want to go to your panels. Well, thank you. You're not Just invited like, now. Do you know that? What? You're not invited now. <laughs> You just uninvited yourself, buddy boy. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I don't want you at. No, I see you at that door coming. I'm gonna say, uh, security, escort him out. Take him back to his table, please. <laughs> Take him back to his table. And by the way, have him stop by Neil Adams to say hi for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one one of the things I'm doing is a sketch duel. Clay Man's gonna be one of the guys doing a sketch against somebody. You know, uh, you want me to see if I can get you going against Clay Man? I don't. I don't sketch at cons. Uh, oh. Okay. See, you couldn't even be at my panel. <laughs> You're banned now. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're not. But we'll definitely uh, we'll be promoting you where you're at, highlighting you and stuff like that. Hopefully, we can talk to you uh, on the floor sometime. Yeah, I'll be I'll be around. You you know how it is. Yeah, I know I know how it is. You know I I probably I don't know when I'll catch you there because it's gonna be quite busy. That's a good thing. Um. Yeah, this four days of nonstop fanboy funk. <laughs> now, do you actually think? I mean, how do you think Thursday night's going to be? Thursday, Thursday. You think it's going to be a you know a big C like uh, it always was like on when it opened? Or do you think it's going to be kind of light on Thursday? Just how, just your guess here. I don't know, man. Thursdays are usually slow. I mean, they're, they're, it is MegaCon, so it might have uh, a good amount of people still there, you know, but. Thursday's and, usually dead. And let's let's warn those who have never attended a MegaCon. Saturday is the big day. This is the day. Give yourself extra time getting to the con. Give yourself extra time to park, and all those things because the lines will be long, right? Oh yeah. I mean, Saturday is gonna be pretty insane. I remember last year on Saturday, like you couldn't even like get out to go to the bathroom. Well, was, like, don't go. Was- Where it depends. <laughs> just you know, just I'll bring a, I'll bring a bucket. No, it depends. Be better, okay? <laughs> just, it just depends. Will keep you, you know. Yeah, just depends. Just, just you know. We'll pick you up a box, okay, and bring it over to you. Have my, have my Gatorade bottle. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you're staying hydrated. That's another good thing to do, you know. And here's another tip: be sure to bathe before going to MegaCon and any other big con. <laughs> Please do. That's just a little tip, a little help. You know, because I'm being serious here, not to be knocking anybody, but, you know, let's say day one you do cosplay. That's Thursday. Friday you do cosplay, and you may not have changed the costume, still wearing a costume. So get some Febreze, spray a little bit on the costume. That kind of helps. And then, you know, shower and everything where the sun don't shine as you come to the con, especially on Saturday because there will be a lot of people. Yeah. It's going to... I'm sure it's going to be packed. Yep. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing people. And please come to, you know, the the uh, panels I'm doing. I'll have that posted on my, as I shamelessly promote, promote on my Facebook page and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Because Humphrey can't come. Yeah, he's not allowed. <laughs> Nate, is there any chance you're going to be coming down to Florida soon? Uh, not this year. I would like maybe next year, but I can't promise that. All right. So we'll, we'll try a 2017 tour with Nate in Florida. Yeah, hopefully there's like... Like we'll we'll I'll still be able to do cons next year. You know what would be really cool, uh, Hump, is uh, you get Nate to come down to one of the other smaller shows too. Yeah. <clears throat> see you I guys. Know, nice. I can see you guys. Thanks, you know, buddy. <laughs> I, I see you guys livening it up. You know, having some fun. I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to you know I have an ulterior motive because I kind of like to have my friends there. You know. 
Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if Nate's going to like those small cons. It's going to be like a... Well, some of the small cons can be more... What's the word I'm looking for? Flea market-oriented? Uh, not all of them, but some can be. Yeah, that's the problem. With, like, that's the thing uh, here. It's like a big thing at the the big cons now. They, they're trying to... They're trying to shut down all the the crafters that are like trying to get into cons. I guess people right. who sell merchandise, like at Artist Alley and stuff like that. Right. So it's like, um, <clears throat> and some of the con- I mean, some of the cons are starting to really vet, you know, what who they're putting in and things like that. Yeah, because I guess to them it makes it seem like it's because that's a problem, man. I think, I mean, that's part of the thing. Like Artist Alley is becoming like a lot of cons. Artist Alley just looks like it's it's a flea market sometimes, so I think that's that's becoming a problem. Like at a lot of cons, you know, and then I guess Artist Alley gets a bad rep because of that, you know. It's like because I've been hearing a lot of people talk about. It. I mean, we talked about it, you know. Right. That there's some cons that we go to, and it just looks like it looks like a flea market. You know. Yeah, it might be be, and it actually might be being held in a you know, a, a barn type thing, you know, a machine shed uh, for a fairgrounds or something like that. Yeah. So it can, it can have that feel right out of the box. Yeah. Well, personally for me as a, like I said, I'm more of a consumer now than, or a spectator than I am a vendor. I prefer smaller cons. Um, before the New York comic con, like I said, there was the, the massive square garden, which was probably the biggest one in the, the hotel or like the church, stuff like that. There was comics, you know, like what Humphrey was saying. It was called Comic Con. You know, you had comics, you had your figures, you had your celebrities. Yeah, sure, and you had a few artists, but you know, it was easier to navigate. I remember my first time at New York Comic Con. Um, I kind of felt like Captain America coming out the ice. Oh, geez. Like I had, I haven't done the stuff in a while. In fact, I didn't even know what a cosplayer was until Humphrey brought it to my attention, and that—that's how deep in the bubble I was. And when I went to New York Comic Con, which I think it was 2009, I didn't realize it became that huge monster, you know, and it was hard to navigate. It was hard to do anything. And I'm like, man, I've come to the auto show in this place and I I was able to navigate a whole lot easier than I am now. And the whole top floor was catered to video games and then the next wave of uh games that were coming out and, and like it was nothing really comic book related at least for me you had your statues and then i found the vendors with the comic books the back issues and then i'm looking for artist alley can't find it and then they kept there was a point in time where they kept moving it every year one year it was upstairs and it was downstairs like they didn't know where to put these people mm-hmm. and that the last one i went to was uh oh this past this past october last year and it was it was like cattle <laughs> and like i wish i had like a comic-con cattle prod or shit, seriously because you couldn't move anywhere yeah that's and, that's the that's the downside to the a very huge con i mean what you're talking about right there and you know a lot of stuff that i don't recognize and you know like we said the people who come dressed up like anime characters with their homemade 18 foot swords because that's what the anime character is and you know people bringing their kids and like yeah bring your kids but why the damn stroller you know it's just like 
you have no room for that sort of thing. That's because like people come in and they think it's like a spectacle, like you know. Yeah, it's like a circus. Yeah, and they think it's like you know, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people are getting mad about this and that. They're blaming this person, that person. You know, count. You know, we know people that you know like are not happy with the print people. They think the print people, you know, have no pur- purpose and cons anymore. And it's just like you know, and and then. then some people might think that the cosplayers don't belong there because, like, you know. And, and you know, something and behind the scenes people don't really – not just artists, you know, which you're talking a little conflict there with that. There's also vendors that don't get along with each other. As a promoter, you have to – because you're planning out ahead of time. You have a map of what your convention is going to be, where the tables are and the booths are. And th- these promoters will get, well, I don't want to be next to such and such because I'm selling this and I don't like them. And – so there's this weird thing going on behind the scenes that nobody knows. It's amazing to me that a con, I mean, we can go to Disney world and it's set up the same way every day, pretty much. And the same fun is happening. A con comes out of nowhere, sets up real quick. It's sort of like a, you know, a circus coming into town, except that circus sets up the same way. Every town, the con usually has its own unique thing for that town that day only or days only they set up real quick. Then it's over. And, you got all these political things going on behind the scenes to get the con even started that people don't realize. And that's the problem. Like, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's organized organization. That's the problem. Like people, people blame it on this. They blame it on that. It's, it's organization. You, you gotta like, you know, like they, they should be, you know, S- spread out or I don't know. I don't know how to, you know, because like, you know, I look at the old Megacon and the old Megacon used to be like, you know, it used to be good because you had all your guest artists. You had all your, your big comic book names in the middle. You know, that they, they were like the guests. They were like the, the popular people. You had all the celebrities in the back, you know, but the problem is now is that, you know, with the celebrities, you know, back in the days, the celebrities was like, you know, maybe you had some few people from Battlestar Galactica. You had Lou Ferrigno. Right. Now, you, you had like, you know. David Prowse who played uh, Darth Vader. Yeah, you had, you know, like a couple of these people. And then that was it, you know. Now you have like relevant actors, you know, that are huge stars right now right you know film and tv film and tv you have the whole cast of the walking dead you have the whole cast of arrow you have the whole cast of daredevil you know and like you know honestly when it really comes down to it if there's anyone that's taking the money away it's it's the celebrities you know i mean you know yeah we need the celebrities because that's that's what attracts all the muggles, you know, the people who aren't fans right. to the fans, you know, that and cosplayers, you know, and you need that, you know, the hardcore comic book fans who like, who go to cons, like they save their money to go to cons. You know, it's, it's, it's an event for us, you know, yeah. we're there to, to go see our favorite comic book artists, you know, we're we're there to buy statues, merchandise, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
you know, sketches, sketches whatever, you know, walk around Artist Alley, look at different artists, you know. I mean, yeah, wasn't was this the loan in like I think San Diego and he was charging like five hundred bucks for a picture? Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, you just recently in Orlando had Burt Reynolds. Um, at uh, Reynolds. yes, at Spooky Empire, he was their headliner, and he did that last October. Why? Because he wanted the cash. They paid a. Well, I know why he did it, but <laughs> why was he there? Like because they they knew they could attract a different audience than their true hardcore horror. You know, they they he brought in a different like like Humphrey's talking about. They he brought in a different group that would never go to that con probably. And because they, you know, he in the bandit crew. Yeah, he, they brought they had they had the Trans Am there, and oh, you right. could get a picture. Now don't hold me; it, it's right around here. You get a picture with him and the car. I think it was like 110 bucks or 100 bucks, and he had a line, a huge line. So they they will use that, like Humphrey's talking about, to bring in people who would yeah. never come to that con, you know, in their life. And he did a he did a panel, you know, he uh, talked about his days in Hollywood and stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's cool, you know, with these guys, but then, like, I mean, I don't know. There's so much hate right now. Everyone's blaming each other for this problem and that problem. You know, people telling people not to buy this and not to buy that. There is that going on. We won't we won't highlight that right now. I'll let the – there's a, somebody I know who is uh, spearheading something on that, and I will let him, you know, handle that on his end. Um, but that is going on. You're telling the truth about that. There. Yeah, and it, and you know, when it really comes down to it, it's like why why is the why is there so much hate? You know, why can't everybody just you know get along, work together, and like you know, because back in the days, that's how it was. You know, people want to argue and say like, oh, there wasn't people who sold prints back in then. That's that's not true. Back in the days at Artist Alley, I remember the people who used to sell prints back in Artist Alley were people who used to sell like. You know, naked Mary Jane and Ooh. yeah, there was a lot. Of, and then at the same time, in Artist Alley, you would also have ex playmates or oh, ex yeah. penthouse, you know, mm-hmm. porn stars in Artist Alley. That's true. Selling, you know, they some cases had back issues of what they were in. Uh, yeah. And, yes. Yep. Or prints from it. Yep. And people forget about that, you know, be, until like. The cons became all PC and family friendly, you know, that, you know, they X that out and now they, they replaced it with cosplay. I was next to, I'm uh, not next to, I was at a con and, uh, the pen, one of the penthouse models from like 1971 or whatever was next to the guy who played cousin it in Han's family. I thought that was wow. the craziest thing I'd ever seen. The craziest thing I saw was Nicole Bass, Jasmine St. Clair and Peter Mayhew. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, there's yeah, definitely well, there's definitely a change in cons. I mean, that it's it, it's happening again. It's you know, and it does. It's going to evolve over time. I, one of the behind the scenes things for the smaller cons, some people aren't aware of, it, especially in like this kind of market where we are here, where it's very con friendly, um, because we have them all the time. Is a lot of the uh, the venues are are playing games now with the promoters trying to raise prices, and because they know that that's commodity, you know, that that's got a, a high price tag to it. If you want to put a show in for a day or two, uh, it's the price may be up now because they they can do that, and then in turn that causes the vendors having maybe tack on for them to pay more for tables, which in turn mm, artists might have to pay more for their tables, and maybe and maybe the gate goes up. 
my thing is like everybody is trying to cash in. No one's doing it out of the love of the the medium anymore. Because of all the cashing in, it's gonna kill the industry. It and could. You're right. Well, people can. Here's the million dollar. Here's the million dollar question. I mean, the way I see it, you guys tell me if I'm wrong or not. But the way I see it is that the big craze and the phenomenon is because of the comic book movies, and all of a sudden everybody quote unquote loves comic books because of these movies. Right. Mm-hmm. And TV shows. What, what? And the TV shows. What happens when these fads die? Then it turns into what the uh, the western stuff was, in my opinion, back in the back way before we were born. Uh, the because, Western movies? Yeah, the Western – because if you'll look, there was Western comic books were huge, Western radio shows, TV shows. comics. Yeah, TV shows and movies were real hot, and then the Space Age came in, and that kind of replaced it. That became really old. But, I mean, I look at the sales of some of that, that stuff. I'm like, my God, people were actually buying all that – I mean, you know, this Hopalong Cassidy stuff, and it was huge. And, and it was everywhere, lunchboxes, toys – I mean, they merchandise everything they could, and so we're gonna go the way of Millie the model, is what you're saying? Could <laughs> it's uh, it it you know it, it could be like howdy doody time for us, you know? People, we're, you know, where 10, 15 years later, people go, you, you were watching that, you know? I mean, I mean, I can't relate to anybody who watched that stuff, that some of that that what I'm talking about, and but it was super sure. super popular, and it could happen. So, and then on, on top of it all. Like what? Like one thing that I, I like, you know, like I want to say was, um, what do you call it? The, you know, these are comic cons, but like a lot, not a lot of people who go to these cons anymore support comic books anymore. You know, correct. I would say like at least a good percentage of the people who go to the to the cons, like, you know, I I would say like maybe. Like seventy percent of the people who go to cons these these days don't support comic books. They don't they don't buy comic books. They don't read comic books. You know, half of these maybe half of these cosplayers don't even know the co- characters that they're cosplaying. Oh, you can't tell them that they'll rip your face off. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> if if it's the truth, it's the truth. You know, you don't have. Well, I hear you. You know, it's like you know, I'm not going to hate you for not knowing the character, but it's like. But that's the thing that well, hurts the industry. But there's those. I mean, we have a listener. She she's a loyal listener, and I talk. She's listened for several years, and I ran into her at one of our events, and she loves Batman, and uh, she made Everybody the comment. And, and well, she made the comment. I made. I mentioned something. She goes, "Well, I never seen that." I said, "You never seen that movie?" And she goes, "No." I, and I mentioned something. She goes, well, I, "I don't read the comic book." I go, "You've never read any Batman comic?" She goes, "Never." That's, I go. That's- I go. See, I go. How did you? I go. But you seem to know Batman. You like Batman. Oh yeah. I I discovered Batman with Arkham. I go the game. She goes yeah. And I, and that's her world. You know that's how her discovery is. And you know it's not. You know that's it's not the comic book. And well, unfortunately, there's generations that are coming on Earth now that are going to be that way. Well yeah. I mean I've I've talked to Nate about this many a times where there's like there's people that we know. And that we're friends with, and um, a lot of them, you know, not you know, not to call them out, but you know, um, they say that they're Batman fans, but the only thing that they ever know about Batman is the Batman animated series, right? And you know, just because you watch the Batman animated series doesn't mean you're a Batman fan. It means you're a fan of the Batman animated series, you know? And it's just like. 
you know, there's a lot more to Batman than the animated series. Exactly. And, you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, you, you know, I don't, you know, it's not that I'm calling people out or trying to like get on people or whatever, but no, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And it's like, you know, like, yeah, you can love Batman. You can love Batman the way you love, you know, whatever. But, you know, I mean... Well, look at it this way, Humphrey. Something that, I mean, it's before our time was something, but Batman was huge back in 1966, okay? Right. The, Batman was almost stopped published before that TV series happened. Uh, there was there was rumors, rumors they were getting ready to maybe just stop publishing DC. Batman 66 wow. TV happens, right? Okay, it's doing very well. Neil Adams is coming on the line right in, in the 68 time frame. He's wanting to go on more of a mature type, Batman thing, but they're still they're catering the comic book at this time. They they made it more campy, right? Right during these issues, the TV series starts to go down the tank. So they uh, they mature the comic book character more. You got classic Neil Adams stuff coming out. Yeah, because because um, what you call it? Batman was about to be canceled. Yes, yes, and Man Bat's created, etc. Right? Okay. Here's my point. We get a little bit f- further. Okay, Batman was hotter than anything in '66. I mean, hot. I mean, I've seen the read the figures, seen the stuff. I mean, merchandise everywhere, you, uh, you know, Adam West on everything and and just bigger and bigger. And then it, the comic book industry, because of shifts and changes, almost tanks out. I mean, they almost go under. And it wasn't until, you know, Frank Miller's Batman really changes the game, brings things back into a, a different perspective and people rediscover comic books, etc. So it almost went out. And it was hotter than anything. My point is, right now we're in a situation where people can't imagine it going away. I, I bet in 1966, at the height of Batman, if you said, "Man, this stuff's going to be gone real soon," they would have went, "Yeah, right, sure." It, it did. You know, it. it yeah. Something can happen. Mm-hmm. Overexposure. There's so many things there. I mean, I still, you know, uh, wonder, you know, if we're when or are we getting close to movie fatigue, and you know bashing on each other superhero fatigue and stuff like that i don't know i i see it now like i mean you know like you know there are people who want to argue about you know that movies are going like strong they are going strong but people are getting fatigued like i've been hearing it on a lot of reviews i've been reading it in a lot of articles you know i i i hear it from people you know, and like among me, you know, that they're, you know, they're getting inside of it. Yeah. And it's just like, and it, you know, there's only certain, you know, you give someone too much of something, you know, people are going to get sick of it, you know? And oh, especially if this, year, if this year doesn't start giving people fatigue, you know, it's, it's going to be very soon because this year has, it's like, Although it's given me a lot of the movies that I love, you know, and I'm a happy fanboy, but you know, it's it's uh, what you call it. There's so many movies coming out. It's you know this year alone. Yeah. That's you know? right, and you got a ton on TV, and you know it just keeps growing. Yeah, and I keep hearing people talk about it, and it's just like you know, it, it it's only a matter of time. All you need is just some people to keep bashing. And once it keeps getting bashed, then people are going to start saying that, you know, this is not cool anymore. And then once all the hipsters start saying it's not cool, that's when the thing starts 
you know, like going down. Well, Humphrey, we're going to let you get ready for MegaCon. We, we know Humphrey's got to get all all of his uh, his stuff ready to go, and we will check in with you hopefully before MegaCon. And Nate, we hope to have you back on the show real soon if you'll come back. Hey, anytime, throw up the net signal. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.